Well, welcome to Front Range. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm one of the pastors here. So glad you guys are joining us here today. Whether you're here in the room, you're out in the courtyard, or joining us online today, uh, we just want this place to become a home for you. A place where you can uh, build community, you can discover your purpose, and you can grow your faith in Jesus. And so I'm glad you guys are here. It's your first time. Especially want to uh, welcome you here as well. And uh, today, before we get started, I do have one quick announcement for you. Uh, we're now accepting uh, applications for our next year for FRU, which stands for uh, Front Range University, uh, if you don't know. And that's a really cool opportunity uh, for people who want to learn a little bit more about what it means to be in ministry. Maybe you're interested in uh, going into ministry one day or you kind of want to see a, a peek behind the curtains of how things work here at Front Range. I encourage you to check it out. Uh, anyone kind of uh, graduated high school and above, you can text the number uh, and sorry, the word FRU to the number on the screen, find out more information. That's not you signing up to commit. Like if you text that, we're not going to be like, cool, see you tomorrow. Uh, it's just simply find out more information. Uh, it's a link and uh, you can check it out. So I highly encourage you if you're interested, uh, see what we do with Front Range University. Now today uh, we're continuing our series called This is the Kingdom uh, that we started a few weeks ago. And uh, we've been looking at this one specific passage in Matthew uh, that Jesus spoke and uh, it's considered by many to be one of the greatest sermons ever given. Greatest sermon. Now, I will say, those people have not heard the sermon I'm about to give today, but... Sorry, that, uh, yeah, bad joke. Let's, uh, let's restart here. In fact, you know what? Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time uh, that we have to be here. Lord, I thank you just for the opportunity. And uh, God, I pray that you would uh, speak to us through your word, uh, God, with what you are trying to say to each and every one of us this morning. And uh, Lord, again, we thank you uh, for this chance we have to be here. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are continuing uh, the series. We're looking at uh, Matthew chapter 5. If you missed any of the previous weeks, I encourage you. Check it out online. We've got all the messages uh, there. You can see it in our message archive. And the last few weeks, we've kind of been looking at these statements of uh, who, who does Jesus say are, are happy in the kingdom of God? And so we're looking at kind of the, the first section uh, of this, this passage. And today we're going to jump down a little bit further and uh, start looking where Jesus starts to uproot kind of the cultural norms of the day. Where he starts to, we talked a little bit last week, where he starts to take what people thought of as right and wrong and flip it all upside down. And so we're going a little bit further in Matthew uh, chapter 5. If you have your, your Bibles, we'll be in verse 38. If you don't have a Bible, that's why we've got uh, Bibles actually available. You can take, they're at the blue connection tent uh, on your way out. You can just grab one, they're free to have. We'll also have it up on the screen. You can also download the uh, Bible app on your phone. It's a great resource to have as well. We're going to uh, look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 uh, through 42. This is what it says. Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile with them, go, to, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And so the kind of the main idea that Jesus is, is, is uprooting here is this idea of personal vengeance, uh, personal retaliation. You see, back then, uh, most of you would have been pretty familiar with this idea of eye for eye and tooth for tooth. It's actually a reference Jesus is making to an Old Testament book of Deuteronomy uh, when God kind of gives the, the law to the Jewish people. And he's instructing the judges of that day and the people in authority of how they were to decide uh, in cases where you had people who committed crimes and, and how were they to, to kind of decide what the punishment should be. And so the main idea is simply that the punishment should fit the crime. It's an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. So if you were to uh, 
break into your neighbor's yard and steal their cow and eat it. They'd say, all right, your neighbor gets to come pick out one of yours and, uh, and take it and eat it. It's kind of a, the punishment fits the crime. It was the basis of the justice system back then. And really, it's still the basis of the justice system today. But it was meant for the judges and the people in authority to use. But the problem is people started taking matters into their own hands and uh, started using that as an excuse to exact their own retaliation when something happened to them or someone did something to them that they didn't like. So all of a sudden, they had this excuse to be able to just go out and uh, do what they wanted. They didn't wait for the justice system. They didn't go through the proper channels. Uh, they were, you know, taking matters into their own hands and, and getting even. And this obviously creates, you know, a vicious cycle where someone is always going to be the victim. Someone's always going to be then retaliating. Someone then gets to retaliate back. And it just never ends. You, got, you guys probably don't want to talk about if you have kids or uh, if you have a, a younger sibling. Why a younger sibling? Because we always know that the older sibling never did anything wrong, right? Am I right? I, I have a younger sister myself, and uh, it's, it is my duty as an older sibling to know exactly what buttons to push uh, to get the biggest reaction out of her. I knew. I knew what to do. And uh, I remember one time we were on a, a long road trip. Uh, actually, I, don't, I have no idea if it was a long trip or not, but when you're a kid, every uh, trip in a car is a long road trip. And we were, we were doing it, and every one of our road trips always ended the same way. Parents would get frustrated. And they would declare that we were going to end the rest of our trip in silence, right? And the next one to talk got in trouble. Which for me, not going to lie, that was, that was my time to shine. Because uh, I knew how to silently annoy my sister enough that was going to make her do something to which I then got to respond and then claim she started it, right? That, that's how it always went. And then she was the first one to talk. So she's the one who got in trouble. It was awesome. And you may think, well, that's terrible. But don't worry, because I've got three kids of my own now. And God has blessed my oldest child with the exact same set of skills. And she knows exactly how to annoy her uh, younger sister in the exact same way. So I understand now the frustration it caused my parents. So I want to take this time, if you don't mind, to apologize to my parents. I'm sorry for the frustration I caused. And to my sister, no, I don't regret a thing. Uh, some of you might know my sister, actually, Brittany. Normally, she'd be in the back running the soundboard. And the only reason I'm able to tell this story is she's not here to mute my microphone uh, and let me tell it. But uh, yeah, that was kind of our, our relationship. And so it was a, it was a vicious cycle that, that kept going on. And it's not just kids. I mean, we probably every day come into some uh, situation where we want to just to, to react. We want to respond. We want to respond in a way that lets the other person know how we feel. And we want to respond in a way that kind of gets, gets back at them. In fact, I'm convinced that social media was truly invented for the sole purpose of making us angry and then giving us a convenient way to respond right there in the moment. And that's, that's what it's there for. And it's not just social media, but like I said, it's, it's things we run into every day. In fact, the other day I was on my way home uh, from work and I was thinking about this message, driving home and stopped at a stoplight and someone uh, bumped into the back of my car. And it wasn't, it wasn't major, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. And so pull over to the side of the road, we you know, took a look at the damage, which was pretty minor, exchange information, and then I headed home, figured this would be pretty, pretty simple. Uh, situation. And by the time I got home, I found out that the story uh, had started to change. And now I was being accused of rolling backwards into their car and causing the accident. And I got that in, my, in a text message on my phone. And so you can imagine I quickly pulled out my phone and immediately started to type a response, uh, letting them know and explaining how my automatic transmission car at a flat intersection was not going to just roll backwards into their car. But they didn't back down. And so then I spent the rest of the day trying to figure out 
how I can type up the perfect response that was going to let them know how I felt and let them know how ridiculous this was and get back at what was going on in this situation. It dominated my thoughts because it was what I thought the right thing to do, right? The right thing to do was to, to respond and, and get back at this person. And that's exactly the idea that, that Jesus is talking about. Uh, of this idea of this, this personal retaliation, of it's our job to make sure that things are fair or things are even. And so in this kind of passage, he lays out a, a playbook, if you will, uh, of how we respond in the kingdom of God. One of the big ideas in this series, we've been looking at how, how we live in the kingdom of God and how it's different than, than any other way on earth. And how if you're gonna live in the kingdom of God, you have to live a life that's different. And so Jesus lays out this, this norm, the cultural kind of the, the normal natural reaction of, of how we respond to things. It says in the kingdom, it's going to look different. And so I see, I see two things out of the rest of this passage of how we respond when we're wronged, when someone does something to us or says something to us, how we respond in the kingdom of God. And the first is this. The first is that we give up our right to retaliate. We give up our right to retaliate. In verse 39, Jesus says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And what Jesus is saying here is that we don't respond to evil with evil. And in the Jewish culture of that time, this idea of kind of this, this slap, it was, it was interesting. It, 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 would have been, it was kind of a public thing and it would have been done with the right hand, the, the back of the right hand of someone to the right cheek of someone else. I feel like we might need to demonstrate. Brandon, come on up here, let me demonstrate. I'm just kidding. Don't, we, we don't need a Will Smith moment today. Uh, we're, we're good. But that's how, that's how it was done. And it wasn't an invitation to violence. It wasn't a, a physical threat. It was actually an insult. It was an act of humiliation. They would do. They would, they would take the, again, the back of the right hand, slap the right cheek of someone else. And so Jesus saying to turn the other cheek is simply saying that you're not going to respond to that insult. You're not going to respond to that act of public humiliation. And by turning the other cheek... It's interesting. There actually would not have been like a second slap because that would require the use of your left hand. And back then the left hand was considered unclean. They just hated left-handed people. Uh, well, if you're actually, if you're wondering why left hand was considered unclean, let me remind you that toilet paper had not been invented yet. So uh, you can figure out why the left hand might have been considered unclean there. So it wasn't this idea that uh, it was going to be some physical confrontation in fact, it was probably something that Jesus' followers would have experienced because a lot of the religious leaders in the day, they looked down on them for following Jesus. They kind of, kind of treated them differently. And so, honestly, there probably would have been uh, opportunities for them uh, to uh, publicly humiliate or insult uh, Jesus' followers in that same way. In fact, I think it's kind of a, a callback to one of the verses we looked at last week, earlier in Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus said, uh, Blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so this, this persecution uh, was happening to Jesus' followers. And he's saying the, the best response in that time is no response, to turn the other cheek. And this is not a, a we're not saying to give up your rights uh, for, for justice or that you need to ignore sin. In fact, there's plenty of other verses in the Bible that explain exactly how we confront sin in other people and how we need to be fighting for justice for the vulnerable all the time. And it's not a, a call to be a doormat for Jesus, but it's an invitation to live and bring about God's kingdom and how we respond to other people. We still have a need to ensure our safety and the safety of others. But when it comes to responding in these situations, I think a lot of times the, the best response is not in what we do, 
but it's in what we don't do. And so by giving up our right to retaliate, we're trusting, we're trusting that God is the one who has that responsibility, that God is the one who's going to get even or make sure things are fair or right or just. It's not our job. And so when we give up our right to retaliate, we're giving that over to God and trusting that he's the one who's going to take care of what we need. And so all we have to do, our job then, is kind of what you see in the rest of the passage, which is kind of the second way that we respond, which is to choose to love sacrificially. Choose to love sacrificially. And I said before that, you know, our natural reaction when, when something happens to us or someone says something about us, uh, our natural reaction is to want to respond. And so to not respond but then choose to love that person is absolutely not in our nature. And what's interesting is in the rest of the passage uh, we looked at, we'll look at again, Jesus kind of gives some more examples. And in every one of his examples he gives, it's followed up with an act of kindness. And so if you look back at verse 40 uh, in Matthew chapter 5, he says, If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And so he's saying, not only does someone living in the kingdom of God not retaliate, but in fact, we do the opposite. Choose to love that person. And the uh, interesting thing, a couple of interesting things actually about that passage there is uh, in the culture, first of all, talk about giving a shirt and a coat. Uh, it's interesting because a coat back then would have been way, way, way more valuable than a shirt. And kind of like how we think of it, you know, coat, kind of the outer garment you wear when it gets cold was one thing. But they also, a lot of people would use it as a blanket at night to stay warm. That was kind of their, their, their one heavy uh, thing they had to stay warm during the day and at night. And a lot of people only had one. And so by Jesus saying that if someone is, is, is asking to take away your shirt and you then offer up your coat willingly, that's a sacrificial kind of love. That takes a special kind of sacrifice. So that's not just doing the minimum or, or doing what's expected, but that's going above and beyond. That's loving sacrificially. And so when he says, give the coats, that was actually a pretty significant uh, thing in that time. And also this would have been uh, pretty difficult, honestly, for the people who were listening to this uh, message from Jesus to hear because uh, that time, the nation of Israel was under Jewish or Roman occupation. And so they had Roman soldiers all around their town. And so not only did they have to follow the Jewish law, but they had to follow a Roman law as well. And so a Roman soldier uh, had the, the right at that point in the, under the law to be able to ask anyone they wanted to, to drop whatever they're doing and walk a mile with them, carrying all their gear as well. And of course, the, the, the people that time, the Jewish people, they, they hated that. I mean, there's no convenient time, right, for you just to drop what you're doing, walk a mile with your, with your most hated enemy, all while carrying all their stuff. And so Jesus is saying, well, not only do you do that, but you go an extra mile. Again, you, you sacrifice and go above and beyond. It's, it's literally where we get the saying, go the extra mile from. It's this idea of not just doing the, the minimum to, to kind of, you know, satisfy the situation, but to go above and beyond to love sacrificially. And so I'm not sure that anybody here has an enemy like that, a sworn enemy who makes you walk a mile uh, with all their stuff. If you do, we probably need to talk afterwards because that's a little strange. But I bet we can all think of times uh, every day in our life when people impose upon us and impose upon our time. Maybe it's someone who's, who's always needing help uh, or someone who seems to always know the worst time uh, to ask for help. Or maybe it's someone who's constantly asking questions that you answered in a perfectly worded email the day before. They clearly didn't read. And all you want to say is, if you had read my email. 
Just me? Okay. Uh, but I bet we can think of, of, of instances like that every single day. When someone's imposing on our time and our reaction is just to give the sarcastic, you know, response and ignore it or brush it off. And I'm all for having healthy boundaries, absolutely. But I also believe that every single one of us in here could benefit from being a little bit more interruptible in our day and choosing to love sacrificially. I mean, what if we were known for how we responded in situations with love? We were known by the way that we responded, not what was expected, but what went above and beyond and loved sacrificially. In fact, the uh, Apostle Paul, he kind of expanded on this idea uh, in the book he wrote on the Bible, Romans. We looked a little bit about, uh, from it last week. Uh, but in this, in this book, uh, he's, or this letter he's writing to the church in Rome, uh, the people there were under a lot of persecution uh, from the, the Romans. And so they had every excuse in the world to respond negatively to what was going on around them. So Paul addressed this idea of how we respond to these situations. Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 19 to 21. He writes, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So Paul instructs us to overcome evil with good. Overcome our evil desires to want to lash out, to, to get even, to, to make someone else feel the pain that we feel. Overcome those evil desires with good. That's, that's how we respond. He says it's, it's God's to handle what happens. It literally says when we do that, when we love, it's heaping burning coals on his head, which is, that's very specific uh, and graphic as well. But that's, that's an example of, of Paul saying, that's God's to handle, not ours. And God will handle things in the way he wants to handle. We don't, we don't need to suggest ideas or we don't need to take matters into our own hands. He's the ultimate judge. He's the one who gets to respond. Our job is to love. Our job is to uh, go above and beyond what the expectation is. And so, honestly, I think that's the best example of what it means to live in the kingdom of God. When we give up our right to retaliate, we're showing mercy by not responding in, in what would be considered uh, normal. And then by choosing to love, we're showing grace by going above and beyond, by, by loving when the situation calls for the opposite. So how do we do that, right? How do we just do what doesn't come natural? Or how do we not do what comes natural to us and then do what doesn't come natural? Because... Uh, that's certainly not easy. And I think it only comes through the power of God in our lives. Only comes through the power of God in our lives. When we remember that we're all sinners, we've all made mistakes. We're no, we're no better or worse than anyone else around us. You know, we don't get to necessarily choose who we love and, and who we don't love. Because God loves everybody, no matter what. And our job is to try to replicate that love. And again, it's only through the power of God in our lives that that's even possible. In fact, Jesus tells a story about this a little bit later in the book of Matthew. Uh, he tells a story about a king who had a servant. He says, owed him 10,000 bags of gold. And people have kind of calculated what that adds up to in, in today's uh, dollars. And you're looking at billions of dollars uh, is what he owed. A debt he absolutely could not repay to the king. And so this is the king calls him in and says, all right, it's time to, time to settle this. I, I need my money back. And of course, the servant says, there's no way. I can't pay that debt. And so he begs uh, the king for, for any sort of forgiveness. And the, 
Bible says that the king right there, he, he canceled his debts on the spot, forgave him of everything he owed, just a, a huge debt. And of course, you can imagine the servant, I'm, I'm sure, was, was ecstatic. And uh, as he was on his way home, Jesus tells the story and he says, this guy, the servant, ran into another guy who owed him money. He says he owed him about 100 uh, silver coins, which is, is simply just like a few thousand dollars, a, a tiny, tiny fraction of what the servant uh, owed to the king that he had just gotten forgiven. And it says the servant ran into this guy who owed him the money and uh, demanded his money back. And, and the guy couldn't pay it right then. It says the servant had the guy thrown in jail until he could repay that debt. And of course, when the king heard about it, he was furious. He called the servant back in there and couldn't believe that after he had just canceled this huge debt, that he was going to throw this other guy in, in jail for, for his tiny debt that he couldn't repay. And so it says the king then had that servant thrown in jail. Uh, for, until he could repay his original debt because he was, he was that upset. And the story, of course, makes the servant look ridiculous, right? It, it, it's one of those things you, you read the story and you go, man, that guy's awful. Uh, but I think we act like the servant almost every day. I think in our lives, in our situations, when we hold grudges and we have this, this kind of need and desire to make other people uh, feel uh, what they did to us, when we have this need and desire to get even, I think God's sitting there going, Seriously? Like, I paid the debt for all your sins. And, and you're going to go after this, this person over here because they cut you off? You're going you're gonna to go after them because they hurt your feelings with a Facebook post? You're going to go after because of what your, your ex did? You're going to hold that against them when I've forgiven everything you've done? And so when we remember what God has done for us, when we remember that power, it gives us the power to pause in those moments of frustration, in those moments of anger, when all we want to do is, is, is lash out and, and get even or make sure that, that things are fair, it gives us the power to pause and give up our right to retaliate by giving it over to God. And God's not scared of, of what makes us mad or, or he's not scared of, of what we want to do and say in those moments. In fact, there's a, um, there's a whole section uh, in the book of Psalms in the Bible. Uh, there's a, a collection of Psalms. They're called the imprecatory Psalms. And uh, it's interesting because they're, they're literally prayers of curses that the author wanted to have happen to their enemy. It's kind of like a biblical airing of grievances, if you're a Seinfeld fan. Uh, it, it's interesting to read because it's really specific and some of them are really graphic as well. And sometimes I wonder why that's even in the Bible. But it kind of goes as a reminder of God's not afraid of, of what makes us angry, what makes us frustrated, of how we feel mistreated. And he's also not afraid of how we want to respond. And those prayers in Psalm are a great example of, of giving that over to God and being able to say, God, I trust you. You're the one who's going to respond. You're the one who's going to get justice here. You're the one who's, who's going to make sure that, that things are right and things are fair. And when we give up our right to retaliate and give that over to God, it frees us up to be able to choose to love sacrificially. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this uh, time we have. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, uh, God, to, uh, Lord, just to, to come together here to worship, God, to listen to your word. Lord, I pray for uh, everybody in here. Lord, I know that, that we all have uh, situations in our lives that, uh, God, we want to respond right away. We want to respond negatively. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to remember. Remember that you took the punishment for all our sins. God, you canceled the debt that we had. 
took it upon yourself. And God, when we remember that, it gives us the power to give that over to you. God, to give our response to you and then to choose to love sacrificially. Lord, I pray for those of us right now in here who are, God, are, are thinking of, of situations where, where we need to respond or, or where we did recently respond. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, God, just help us to give that over to you. Lord, I pray that you would, you would help us in, in going forward, uh, God, just to have that remembrance of what you've done for us. And we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you have taken away the punishment. God, I pray for the, the rest of the time here. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, uh, God, respond in whatever you're saying to us. And uh, Lord, that you would help us to, to live our days, God, looking for opportunities that we can love other people, looking for ways that we can go above and beyond, not just the, the, the standard or the normal, God, but we would be able to uh, love sacrificially. Lord, again, we thank you for this time. And it's your name we pray. Amen.